This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, podcast of Practical Shepherding. I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio, and we're going to jump right in here in just a moment. Before we do that, I want to direct your attention to practicalshepherding.com. You can access all of our resources there, including numerous podcast episodes. As many ask, hey, have we covered this topic or that topic? You actually can go to that page, scroll through, even do a search to try to find an episode that you're looking for. I also want to direct your attention to sponsorapastor.org if you want to help our ministry. That is the best way to do it. There's a, a video about the ministry you can check out there and also just see some of the testimonials of pastors even internationally that we've worked with. But we'd love for you to check that out. And uh, thanks for any help and support you can give the ministry. And we want to jump right into the topic as we as we always do. And Jim, we we are responding to a request on social media, which we commonly put out there now. We want to cover the topics that people uh, would like us to be able to cover, and that's this is one of those. And that is, what do you what does it mean to be a committed member of the church? And this is a really relevant topic we would all agree to in light of just kind of the post COVID world and church world of uh, uh, and all the implications of that. You know, what does it mean to be committed to a church? What, how many Sundays a month should somebody be there? What, you know, how involved should they be in the church? How well should a should a pastor know the people who who are members of the church? And this is this is becoming more and more of a conversation because I feel like the goalposts got moved since COVID on this issue. Mm-hmm. So this is what we want to talk about. We've had several people uh, ask us about this particular topic, so we want to be able to cover it today. Before we jump into just implications of that, what does what does the New Testament tell us about membership and even thinking about holding people to a standard and commitment to membership. There's a lot there, Brian. Uh, One of the texts that comes readily to mind uh, in my own background is Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. You're there, you're in your, depending on your theology about where the church starts, you know, but you're, you're, I think most people would, would say it is here that you have the beginning of what we would really formally call the New Testament church in Acts chapter 2, day of Pentecost, and Peter has been preaching, and uh, he has brought a very convicting message, and some have had their hearts cut to the quick, and they are responding in repentance and in faith. And we read about those who had gladly received his word and how they were baptized, and then you have uh, the terminology in verse 41 uh, there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And, and so that's part of what you, you would get at there is that they were added. Well, added to what? Added to whom? Well, they were added to the other disciples. Having professed faith in Christ, uh, having been baptized, they were added to them, that is, added to the church. And then this very telling statement, verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and prayers, and you have there uh, a commitment to a to a body, a commitment to gathering, a commitment to fellowship, a commitment to practice, a commitment to uh, you know to, uh, to pray even together. And so again, you you this issue of devoted to devoted to themselves is really what we're getting at with commitment. And so when I teach a membership class. Uh, this is where I start. What does membership mean? What's the difference between membership and attendance? Uh, and why does that matter? Why does that matter to the individual? Why does that matter to the pastor? And so, I mean, one of the, the things we read about uh, that, you know, part of our bread and butter as pastors, these, these uh, distinct pastoring texts, 
or tax that deal with ministry, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 13 is, is among those things. We watch over souls as those that will give an account. Is that everybody that comes, everybody that visits, or are there a specific number that we look at and say, that's my flock? Any shepherd, any earthly shepherd can look at their flock and they can say there may be another sheep wandering in and feeding where they're feeding and, and they may be lost and straying or whatever else, but he knows the exact number of his flock. He's able to count them uh, as part of the John 10 imagery. A shepherd knows their flock. Uh, and so that's why it matters for us and why we also, you know, we're going to argue that it matters uh, to the congregation. And I recognize, Brian, as we say this, that among those listening, you, you, may, you may have a formal church membership. You may have a more informal, I think increasingly, I'm hearing you know, places where it's so, well, we don't really have membership. Yeah, that's true. We have that's attendance. True. We don't really have... We don't really have membership, and and increasingly, what what I have found, uh, Brian, in a, in a church that has laid out and actually written down some things regarding these are the expectations of members, so that that takes place in a membership class. If you're going to join, you need to know this is what we expect of you. Just as if you were starting a new job, you'd want to know well what what are the expectations? How many hours a week am I expected? Is it at home or is it at the office? Is there travel involved? Whatever the case, what's my salary? Again, you're, you're going to want to know some of those things that by way of expectation. And churches have become so informal in this that someone coming into a context where church membership is taken seriously, it can seem cultic, it can seem crazy. And, yeah. and you just have to recognize that. And we'll get into that maybe a little bit later on. But you have to recognize that many of the people that are going to come into your church may have very little to no concept of what committed membership is. Yeah, and, and I think this is a good time to just hi- just highlight a common tool that is used to set that expectation is something called a church covenant. Mm. So a church covenant, for those who aren't familiar with that, is a document usually, and it's an agreement, it's a covenant. It's agreement between the members of the church. And typically in a church covenant, it spells out what the expectations of, of being a member is. And that's really the document oftentimes. So again, to, re, to remind listeners of the two common documents in church life, you have the statement of faith, which is the doctrinal beliefs of the church. Then you have a church covenant, which defines what it means to be a member of the church. Mm-hmm. Those are two of the most common documents that most churches have. Right. And so the, the church covenant is a tool to be able to articulate that. Um, and, but like you said, in so many cir- circumstances, it's become informal or even just, you know, it's, it's not even acknowledged at all. And so let, let's, let me go ahead and paint the, the wide uh, spectrum of this. In your church, it's actually not only is church attendance expected as a member, mm-hmm. but Sunday morning and even Sunday night church is often right. the expectation, correct? Right. Okay. So, yeah, I want- so for us, so we would say, we, we use the old language, stated meetings of the church. So for us... Ideal commitment to the church membership. Now, everybody's able to do it, but this is what's laid out. This is the ideal. When somebody says, what does commitment look like? This is what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Sunday school class, morning worship, evening worship, prayer meeting. Okay. All right. So that's this side of it. Okay. I'm acknowledging that's going to be a lot more of the higher expectations of a church, certainly nowadays. On the, I'd say the, the, the other side to this is, uh, it, well, I'm obviously a church that just has no no standard for membership whatsoever. I would, I'll just say personally, when I went to Pastor Auburndale, uh, I walked into a church that actually 
had a church covenant, but it actually said nothing about regular attendance in mm-hmm. the church. So you actually, to technically be a member of the church, with zero expectation you're going to be there mm-hmm. on Sundays. And that's what I walked into. And so even though it had acknowledgement of there's membership, it really didn't have any kind of standard of what it meant to, to be a member. I would say those are pro- probably the two polar opposites of what most listeners ha- are experiencing because then there's all this middle ground. And, and what I have, you know, I spent 17 years trying to change the expectation and we were, mm. we were able to by, by God's help and, and grace. But that expectation turned into a, a more cl- a clear covenant, church covenant that every member had to agree to. And that Sunday morning attendance was the main expect the, the lower end expectation. Like you, you can't be a member if you're not going to be here on a regular basis to gather with the church and, and and worship and all those kinds of things. So we want to acknowledge that every church has different expectations around this. The other thing I think we need to acknowledge about the New Testament is the New Testament does not use the word membership. Uh, it's this, and and that's part of the reason that some make the argument. Well, we just don't have membership in the church. The problem, the way I usually articulate it is we have to acknowledge that the word membership is not in the New Testament. However, the concept and idea of membership is threaded all throughout the New Testament. I well, would you say. could argue, you know, Paul's statement in feet, you are members one of another, that that uses, I mean, so, I mean, there's the word. Yes, but, but you have but to acknowledge it's, it's, that's not talking about church mem- That's not talking about church it, it's, membership. It's talking about church commitment. <clears throat> it is talking okay. about the duties and responsibilities we have t- toward each other. We mm-hmm. are, in fact, it's one of the, it's, it's, to me, it's one of the arguments that whatever you call it, whether you, the, the, so what does this look like? You're, so you have attenders, and then you have those who are, are different. And I think the scriptures do teach, you know, so for instance, you have in 1 Corinthians 5, you have the possibility of discipline. Is that anybody that attends, you know, when Paul says they're in right. or they're at, what do I have to do with judging those who are outside? How do you determine who's outside and who's inside. That's my point. It, yeah. Is, is that there's threaded, I believe threaded all throughout yeah. the New Testament. There is, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so it's not a category so, of membership right, given like and, we and, But it, it can be, I mean, this is, you, theologically, there are things that we hold to that are not strictly speaking Bible terms, but are biblical. Like, you know, Trinity's, yes. Trinity's not in the Bible. Yeah, the that's right. Trinity's not. Same idea. The concept is, the, the concept is, <clears throat> I think that the, yeah, so strictly speaking, the term, terminology is we use it, but, but what is there very clearly is some kind of an, and identifiably committed people that the pastor knows or his flock and that those people know I have a commitment to them and I have a commitment not to, you know, just to the members, but I have a duty and responsibility to these pastors. Yeah. And somebody who visits, I think, recognizes and realizes that if a statement's made from the pulpit to my flock and to those of you, you know, who are under my care, that they say, well, I'm, that's not me, you know. That's well said, and I, I agree with you. I, I was just going to say that I believe the texts that point to the defining work of what it means to be a pastor point strongly to the fact that there is a certain flock that's gathered right. for pastors. Ever. So First Peter 5, when he, he's addressing the pastors, and he says, shepherd the flock of God that is am- among you. Right. So there's a clear group of people, those pastors that Peter is exhorting are responsible for in what way? To shepherd on behalf of the chief shepherd. And you have Hebrews 13, 17 that brings in this idea of 
you actually give an account for a certain group of people. That's not, and I, I, I usually highlight the obvious observation to make in that. Look, that's not every Christian a pastor knows that there's a group of people. right, or even every Christian that 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 attends their church that attends their church off right. and on. I mean, there there are because this is like one of the questions that was asked in the uh, on what we received on social media is. What do you do with what do you do with regular attenders who who never join who never take the responsibility, and then also what what is your what's your commitment to visitors? So I mean I look out sometimes and I've done this recently because I've recognized oh some people that were coming regularly aren't, aren't coming anymore they, they don't ever they rarely tell me I'm not coming anymore. You just look out and realize, oh, so-and-so, you know, Gary's not here anymore or, or Glenn's not here anymore or, you know, well, where's so-and-so is getting to know them a little bit. Now right. They're, now they're, right. You know, they're no longer here. I don't feel nearly the level of responsibility to track them down or find out what's going on as I do with somebody who had committed themselves to the life of the church. So let's get into that. Let's. I think that's where we need to go with this this conversation. So... We, what does it mean to be a committed member? And knowing there's a variety of, of ways to do that, but how do you determine, Jim? Pastor, you and your elders, how do you determine who's committed? You know, you obviously drew an important distinction, and that's there are people who have committed to be members, and there's people who attend who yeah. haven't committed to be members. That, that's a clear line to go ahead and highlight. But organically, how do you determine if, if members are actually being truly committed to the church? Yeah, that's a good question, and, and who gets to set that determination? So, what we do as elders, just to um, just to let everybody know, so uh, during our annual elders retreat, which lasts for a couple of days or so, we will we will go through, and we do this at other times, but particularly at this point, we're going to go through and try and and we have a list of all the members of the church and evaluate generally. Do we do we from what we know best we can tell right now are they healthy unhealthy? And then we use the term, are they tethered or untethered? That's the terminology we use. Are they okay. tethered to the church or are they untethered to the church? And some of that is not, because I think somebody could be attending regularly, but they don't feel tethered. And that is, they're 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 there, they're taking a seat, but they're not, they, you know, they, there's no sense that they're really emotionally involved and, and relationally involved with the people. There's, there's somewhat of a wall or somewhat of a distance. You have some that attend more irregularly, but are more tethered, and so you know you're, you're trying to understand that. Okay. But so again, so for us, you have you know you're going to try to take every single person where they are. We do set an ideal, I and mean, so we have an ideal. So if somebody said to me, "What do you regard as the, as the ideal commitment?" Well, as I said, it means you come to Sunday school. Every time that every time there's teaching and preaching, that you're there, and when the church gathers for prayer, that you're there. So the elders have a responsibility to teach you the truth. I think you have a responsibility to be there to hear that. There's a time where we feed, and uh, technology has made it possible for people to get fed at, at, at means other than the church. I mean, for thousands of years, two thousand years almost. Hey, if you wanted to get fed, you had to show up at church. You know, you, there wasn't recordings, there wasn't radio, there wasn't the internet, there wasn't MP3. So you're, you're saying the live stream then doesn't count on on your end for that. I think it well, it, 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 again, uh, for some, yes. I mean, for for a housebound person, what I'm saying is that in the past that wasn't even available. In the that past, correct. That wasn't an option, right. and so you had to be there. And so again, I think you have a responsibility to be fed. The pastors have a responsibility mm-hmm. to feed. My point was that 
if we're putting the food out, you you should, you you know we've studied, we've prepared, we we're, we're doing this because we believe that this doctrinal study is important for your health, that the proclamation of the word is, and, and that praying together is an essential part of what it means to be a Christian and to be a church. And so we would set that out as, the, again, the ideal. Now, is everybody able to do that? And we would try to make a distinction between uh, unwilling, uncaring, and unable. You know, those are those are all different things. We've got some folks who, you know, they get a little bit older, they're not able to drive at night. I don't expect them to come out at, at you know, they're so they, they, they may come to prayer meeting or to evening service during the summer or spring when the days are longer. But during the winter, you know, they're going to, Tune in live stream. I, I, I have no problem with that. If, if somebody lives and we have some members that, that live 30, 40 miles away, they get home at 6.30 and prayer meetings at 7, I don't expect, I don't expect them to be there. And, and, and that's fine. Um, you know, we're, can, we throw some, can I throw some out yeah. on that real fast? So what about, just play advocate for a minute, uh, yeah. uh, what of the other side? What what about somebody who is you know thirty five years old? They're perfectly physically capable of coming to church. Yeah, um, they maybe don't live five minutes away, but they they live yeah. twenty minutes it's away. It's doable, and they and they re- <clears throat> pretty regularly they'll live stream in their pajamas uh, from their house. Yeah. But then they're like writing you a text afterwards, giving you specific feedback about how the sermon was helpful, and it was great to see everybody you know through the camera. Uh, well, I saw this person walk by, and I just want you to know I'm grateful for this church, and thanks for the word, Pastor Jim. Like, what do you what do you do with that guy? Well, that's better. Than, <laughs> that's actually kind of sweet. You realize we're living way. in this world now. Oh, more I than do, ever, I so. do. You know, so I mean, that's actually fairly. Now, the difference with like if that guy then you know texted to blast you about something you said or how nobody's showing any. You just, know, he's in, in, he's engaged in that yeah, way. He's, he's just not present in some way. Yeah. Right. So, uh, these are hard things. They, they again, you're, are. I'm just throwing it out because they are. We're having, they are we're having to figure this out. And <laughs> I did say to somebody the other day at a meeting, uh, one of the other elders and I had a meeting with somebody who's relatively housebound, but I think with some effort could, if they really tried, they could make it out. It'd be a little bit, maybe a little bit hard. I said, well, you know, you, you, I think you, I think you could be there. And that there is, and you, and you try to lay this out, there is a difference between being there live and in person, where you have the promise of the presence of Christ, the presence of the Holy Spirit, that the church gathered is the habitation of God by the Spirit. It is that it is a temple. Uh, we are living stones that gather together. You know that. Hey, you know, yeah, I guess you could live stream a, a, a visit to the temple, but back in the old days, you know, you needed to be there because that's where the presence of God was, and you know what it's like, and I know what it's like to have been to a place and you've heard a sermon and the Lord blessed the teaching and preaching of that sermon, it's recorded and you can get some benefit of the recording from it, but you might think to yourself, wow, that's not nearly what I thought it was. Well, because you know, there was a dynamic there that is missed. Now, again, some are unable. And so now with this guy, this 35 year old guy, uh, I've got some stuff coming down here later in my notes here. I don't know if well, maybe I can I can just touch on this now before we go there. How I would deal with that. Bef- bef- well, let's let's go there in a minute because here's why I'm highlighting this. You know, I think I think everybody's going to agree with what you just said. Every pastor listening to this, I assume, would agree that everybody needs to, people need to be at church. There's there's special things that happen at church. If you can't be there because you're physically unable, obviously nobody's expecting you to be mm-hmm. there. I think the bigger question, what people are asking, is you know. 
what, how do I define commitment? And then how do I hold people to it? So, you, you know, and that, right. that was, I think that's what, where a lot of pastors struggle. So, yeah. So why don't you touch on what, how do we answer that question? How do we figure out one, what is a realistic commitment to ask people of in this moment? And then well, how do you hold people to Okay. It? So I think you need to I think you, you you need to articulate and define what that is for you and for your church up front. Up front. And so whether that whether, so having a membership class I think is very important it can be an important thing having some kind of a documentation a church that covenant. says yep. whether it's a church covenant or we have a, a, a document of expectations of members. Uh, duties and expectations of members. It is it is expected. So when it you commit expected. the first time, that now we used know. to use the word required, and we changed it to the word expected. Okay, that softened it a little bit because that's really what. Because as we worked it out practically, because in some of these cases we were, we were not comfortable with giving any kind of. Um, discipline for somebody like say if they didn't make it to prayer meeting you know like say we want you here we think you should be here if you're not here we think you know we we think the church suffers to a degree and we think you suffer to a degree but it's at least again it is the standard and and for us a good number of our folks it may not always be 100 percent but 70 80 percent sometimes uh, and sometimes more of those who say okay i am i am committed to being there that's this is i look at it i see it <clears throat> this is my commitment and everybody ha- understands that's the general yeah, expectation. and we have this yep. is what yeah right because it's laid out and, and uh and then so what do you do so uh when somebody can't well i think you, you need to have some kind of communication you need to kind of figure out okay well what's what's going on here is it is it the nighttime thing? Is it the is it getting older thing? Is it that there's physical, uh, is there a physical problem? Is there a relational problem? You know, what's, what what's going on that makes it hard for you to be here? Are, is there another commitment that you have? So there needs to be some kind of communication. So previous to that, there needs to be instruction. I think again, you you need to lay it out. This is you're going to join our church. Why you know why. Why do you want to join our church? You know, why, why, why do you want to be not just a, a because if you attend here, I'll have you in my home. I'll meet, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do what I can for you, you know, as a, as a, as a pastor. I want us to go there in a minute, yeah, by the way. So, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you're not, I, I do, I do view you differently. When you become a member, I view that as you saying to me, I want you to be my pastor, which I take very seriously. So there needs to be some kind of instruction. Now the question comes up: What happens then? So I mentioned communication. That may then lead to confrontation. Okay. And that is, look, you know, you 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 committed yourself to be here as regularly as you can. So for some people who live a certain you know distance away, there may be an understanding that's going to mean Sunday school and morning. That that's that's really going to be what we're able to give. Um, others are able to do everything and, and we can, what stops, what is like an impenetrable barrier to some person? I have a child. I can't come to evening service. Doesn't stop the mother with six kids from coming, you know, another mother with six kids from coming to the evening service and holding, you know, a true, but don't, don't the, you still have to honor it to some degree? Well, where I, that person I do. Is. And I just, and I try, right. I try to understand this is where they are. So that's what, that's why I said, that's where you have to have communication. And that communication, I'm not going to ask anybody to make bricks without straw. I'm not saying I'm going to withdraw everything from you if you're not able to meet 
the expectation we're a grace-based community we're not a law-based community yeah, yeah. so you, you know again but you still have you have a standard you know you expect people to i think it's expected righteous righteous expectation of christians to read their bible to pray to show hospitality etc cetera, etc cetera. not everybody does that there's some that are strong there's some who are weak you got you have to understand that whole dynamic you have to bear with those who are weak. You have to bear with certain people's scruples. We're commanded to do that. Yeah. We're also commanded to confront the unruly. We're also commanded to, you know, comfort the, the, you know, the weak and the frightened. And so you need to understand who am I dealing with, and you need wisdom. And also understand that what would be very helpful to some, a confrontation that might help somebody really to grow, is going to be crushing to another person. So, so you got to pastorally know them. your people. Yeah, you, gotta, how to, you, how have to, you have them. to know your flock, and, yep. and you, you can't treat everybody exactly the with the same you know what medicine for some becomes poison for another and then brian you're going to have to ask the question are there consequences so what if somebody and particularly here i think there's a difference between somebody who comes twice a month and somebody who hasn't been there in six months those are two different those are two different things uh, I had listened to a, a podcast, and uh, and I'm not just being opaque because I, I'm trying to shield it because I can't remember who it was. But he said something. He was a guy involved in, in, in church ministry and in and elder care, you know, elders caring for people, not elder care, elders caring for people. And he defined commitment to the church. His baseline for commitment to the church is somebody who attends once a month. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I, I, was, I was a bit... I, I was you had to pull your car on the them, side of the road as you listened to that. I, I was actually on my bed, <laughs> fell off on the floor, broke my hip. No, I didn't. But you know, no, I was. Uh, was I can't go to church anymore. It, it was no, but I was like, really? That's yeah. it, you know. So oh, once, because mm. I would consider that untethered, uncommitted. Yeah, and really, I would have alarm bells going off. Like, what is wrong with this person spiritually? that they're content not to be fed, not to be shepherded, not to have relationships with God's people, the signs of, of a healthy sheep. But I want, I want to highlight two things you said, though, together. Okay. And that is, <clears throat> I, I think even before COVID, it's really hard in most churches. I wouldn't say it in yours, okay? But I would say in most churches, it's very hard to discipline over non-attendance or very sparse attendance. Like, I think that's already hard. And then once COVID hit, yeah. it, it almost just took, you had to take it off the table for two years, pretty much. And when pastors would reach out to me and ask me that question, I would say that to them, look, unless you feel like you can, I think just the, the environment we're in right now, it's very difficult to, to remove somebody from membership for a, you know, for a, a lack of attendance. Or like you said, okay, they're, they're, you said there's a difference between somebody who comes once a month and once every six months. But even still, the, the person that's come once in six months, some would make an argument, look, they're still here. They're still among us. Yeah. And, and so do you think it's, and I think that's most churches, so would you say it's helpful for a church to almost <clears throat> have some lines in the sand? Like if you haven't come to church in a year or, or, or 18 months yeah. and you're physically able, does that mean you, 
you need to be removed from the membership. Right? Yeah, well, in our case, yes, because we have in our constitution that non-attendance for six months results in removal from membership. Okay, so you have that line. You have that. Yeah. Number so you you know, so six months is what we have if you don't attend in six months, and 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 again, now we have some people that have not attended the church, and you know, I, we have one person attended the church once since COVID started. Yeah. Literally once. Yeah. Now they're still a member. We still take care of them. They they have a lot of illness. They have a lot of issues that are. That make life difficult. So you understand that, and that's a, again, that's you're, you're communicating. <clears throat> you exchange, you know, emails, text, phone calls, or have, you know, one of the things that we, we we are recommitting ourselves to. One of the other elders and I is that we are getting into the home of every shut-in, and just making yeah. sure that we actually see them, um, you know, once a month or whatever. That that at least the two of us, if not others from the church. We'll go and see them and uh, you know try to have lunch with them or just have an hour or two with them and you know, see them face-to-face and just say, hey, is there anything we can do to help? Or yeah. you know. so, I want, so I want to cover two things briefly before we wrap. One is people who attend regularly, but they don't join the church. Yeah. What do you, what do, you do with that category? That's a, that's a category we get asked about quite often. Yeah, I, I, I'm probably a little bit uh, why, why that sometimes frustrates me. I, I'm easier on it than some others. I know some would say, well, you know, we would withhold the table from them or we would we put pressure on them. In some cases, you've got people that um, they may have a certain conviction. Like, say, for instance, we, we, we had a, for a time a, a strict um, psalm singing only Presbyterian couple, you know, that, that were in their church. They were in the church for two or three years never joined uh there was a doctrinal reason but among all the churches in the area they felt that they were their soul was most fed at our church we did sing psalms so they could uh, you know every song every service we sang at least a psalm <laughs> so you know they they would participate even if they preferred non-instrumental they would sing when we would you know but i'm sorry can i highlight the irony of this this example you're giving that they're that hardcore about that stuff yeah. But not about membership and that they would need to join a church somewhere. Yeah, well, that's that irony. You know, I just well, want to because, highlight. Because, okay? well, of course, to join our church, they would need to submit to believer baptism by immersion. Yeah, you okay. Know, they so, were, yeah. But they still wanted to be there. And, and we, I don't know, I just, that, I haven't seen them in 10 years or so. We just talked on the phone the other day. Um, you know, but then we have others, you know, we have some, we have some folks that have made certain, they, certain vows or commitments about certain things. I, I don't agree with, uh, I got to allow a man be, you know, uh, Lord of his own conscience in that, in that way. Um, but I, am not, if I believe this is a sheep, a genuine sheep, maybe misinformed, <clears throat> Do I want to, you know, how many means of grace am I going to withhold from them? I mean, they're going to be, I, I struggle with that yep. personally. Uh, and I understand an argument can be made and maybe I'm, you're being too, uh, you know, not strong enough. That might be helpful to them. Maybe they need to be confronted more. I think, again, you need to at least have that communication. You need to understand. So you've been here for this length of time. Here, here's so here's how I handled that the, these situations. I would not withhold any means of grace from them. Um, I, here's how we handled people who attended regularly, were involved in the church even, but would not join. One is we <clears throat> you make clear lines in the sand that there's certain benefits you do not receive at the church unless you're a member of the right. church. You do not get to serve in different capacities unless right. you're a member of the church. That's one of the ways I think you push people to membership. Number two. Uh, at some point, and again, I would be gracious, I would be very patient, 
But when I hit a point with someone <clears throat> that they are there six months, nine months, 12 months, showing no signs of, mem- of joining, yeah. I obviously would have had conversations by them to find out why. Yep. But I would at some point meet with them and say as kindly as I can, I'm glad you're here. I want you to know people loved having you here. You're welcome to be here and continue to be here. But you need to know that I do not feel responsible for you. And yeah. I think that that's a dangerous position to be in. And so if you're not going to join this church, will you? I want to help you find where you can actually join and be under the yeah. oversight of a group of pastors. Because at this point, you just need to know, I, I don't feel responsible for your right. soul. And I would have, and, and that ended up being a helpful, a lot of times that was a moment to instruct as you're talking about, like teaching people that they, they actually really didn't, it didn't land on them in that way until sure. I'd have that conversation. And but I think that's one of the ways to push people towards yeah. membership. So and, and for others, you know, and you have to just yeah, this is why communication and knowledge comes in. There are some who don't want the responsibilities. And yep. and, and, and and hey, it's great to not serve. You know, I never get asked to be in the nursery. I never get asked to, you know, yeah. I, no, I just. Thanks I for just, the talk. I put my, thanks for the I, talk, Pastor, I put but my, I'm good. I put like, my kids there. This, this I, is I, what I, eat, want. I eat at every church meal, even though I never have to have a responsibility <laughs> of cleaning bring, up I don't have to bring any or food. bringing anything, you know. Because What's I'm, the problem? I, I, right. I, I, right. Here's yeah. the last thing I want to talk about. I met with a pastor uh, recently who said one of the ways they deal with membership is they, they re-up every year. <clears throat> so in January... <clears throat> excuse me, in January of every year, they have a members meeting and they reach out to every member and basically ask, we'd like you to recommit your membership, you know, through whatever you, you, you acknowledge the covenant or you, you sign the covenant or whatever it is. And if you don't re up, you're not, a, you're actually not a member of the church any longer. Mm. And I've actually watched several pastors approach it this one. Now mm. on the positive end, it, it certainly keeps your membership roles updated in a really helpful sure. way. This, <clears throat> but the, the downside that I've continued to wrestle with is, is there a category you want to facilitate where someone can be a Christian, be in your church in some way, and can come and go in their membership however they feel like it, and that that's a okay category? You have any thought on that as we as we wrap? <clears throat> yeah, well, again, I, I've, depends on how that's done and what's that, what that looks like, because I, I know, for instance, there's a fairly large church nearby that that I think did that you know just said and all you had to do was go online and click a box or something like that well well you can do that and still not be committed you can say well I clicked the box I sent sent it in and I've re-upped my membership like I do like me at the gym you know like my Costco membership I'm re-upping yeah you re-up it how many times you go twice a year I go to Costco twice a (laughs) time but I still pay I still you know hey you still want to yeah yeah I guess so you know, that still doesn't mean anything. That's a good point. It doesn't mean it's meaningful membership. So I, I would, yeah, that, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm thinking in the realm of, yeah, they're actually going to hold you to whatever standard that membership means. It's a covenant they're signing. But you bring up a good yeah. point. You can you can do it that way, but it still mean nothing. Right. I think we do need <clears throat> to have a conversation, Brian, at some point, and I, I can't remember if we've done it previously, about, you know, how to clean your roles up. Because I think, again... If somebody is, because what some of these guys are dealing with is not what we're talking about, that somebody comes once or twice a month or that comes once every couple of three months. Right, right. And I it hasn't been there in two, three years, and they're still on a, they're still on a, but, maybe they're still an elder or they're a deacon or some, some And they want to remain it. And they want to remain that yeah. way. And, and how, or, or you, or they're a member somewhere else, or they've died, or, you know, whatever the case might be, that, Again, at some point, you need to have instruction to your people. You need to preach from the Bible about what 
what the church is and what it means to be committed to that church and then win people over in regard to what that means. Now, the, you know, and what does removal look like in that versus excommunication or something like that? So that's a conversation so, for another day. So I, this, I, so. I, I inherited a membership list with dead people on it. So this probably should be a good topic for us to cover <laughs> at some point. But for now, let's wrap this, Jim. Will you pray for uh, those listening, trying to wrestle through these issues? Yeah. Father in heaven, we are so dependent upon your help and your wisdom and trying to put together the various truths of your word and hold certain uh, truths in tension regarding uh where people are at in regard to immaturity and 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 being pressed and pushed to to go forward and deeper and um, father what people are unable to do versus unwilling to do uh, give us grace heavenly father to to not set a standard above your word um, but to walk carefully in the precepts of your truth we ask this in Jesus name amen amen